Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, lads, it's Jennifer Louise from cultaholic.com here. Stay that. That That's disappointing, that. <clears throat> Do the voice. You're actually really good at voices, Jack. Hello, it's Jennifer Louise from Cultaholic. That's now do the... your Susie Kennedy. That was the Susie Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. They've got similar accents. They're both from Glasgow. Jackasaurus Rex. That's a good season, yeah. Uh, so we're... Jen's away today. She's away. We're here, though, for this She's week. She's poorly. She is poorly. She's hungover. <laughs> she might be hungover. I don't know. It's Pat Patterson. As we're recording this, it's Friday. It was Pat Patterson last night, hosted by Inside the Ropes. And Pat in... took her out. Pat's got her drunk. Well, Jen can't hack it. She's got the flu. That's like the prosecution would say that. But in her defence, there is something going around. You've been a bit ill. I'm Math- Matthew's now. been a bit ill. I'm a sweaty, sweaty mess. Genuinely, <laughs> I feel dreadful. And you feel ill this week as well. Wee! <laughs> You're not a particularly sweaty man. I don't know why I said that. No, I'm very clammy right now. Trust me. So we're doing This Week in Wrestling beginning September the 10th, I believe. That's right, yeah. 2018. Well, all the years, we're going to look at various... I'll be honest, this is my first time presenting this one. I don't really know what's going on. Let's just... Uh, do we do anything before we get straight in? How are you? I'm joined by Adam, Adam Pacitti and right. Ross on wrestling. Hello. Uh, how are you two? Great. Poorly. Sweaty. So, yeah, it's as, just, as, just as we established, yeah. yeah. I think it's our anniversary, isn't it? September the 10th? Is, is it the 11th? We nearly... Well, when we when we left our previous... Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't started yet, but we'd certainly... We were almost unemployed by this time last year. It counts for this week in wrestling. Yeah. We are wrestling, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think it starts on the 10th. Is that a, is that a Monday? Up to the 17th. Yeah, 10th to the oh, 17th. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's just, sorry. Should we just Should crack on? Or... There, fun, <laughs> fun admin for you. <laughs> we start off with um, the reveal, the shocking reveal, that Hornswoggle is Mr. McMahon's son. Now, I'll just throw it straight out there. This was meant to be Mr. Kennedy, was it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Because he's, well, because Vince McMahon's middle name is Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy sneakily chose that as his ring name in WWE. And it won him a bit of favour at first. Yep. Before all kinds of heat came his way. He got busted, didn't he? Oh, yes. He got this injured is... first. He got injured. He won the money in the bank and got injured and then came back and got busted. Yep. Then um, he accidentally injured people a bit later on in his career. Yeah, in that, that five-way match, right? The Where they dressed match. up as, yeah. yeah. But and then he was fired like two days later or something like that. I found that a little bit harsh, to be honest. Everyone, what did he do? Was it, it was like, like a, a back suplex? Randy yeah. Orton had a bad back or neck or something, upper back, neck region. He back suplexed him when he wasn't supposed to, and Orton went mental and probably touched his cock. <laughs> Why? What? That's what he does, doesn't he, Orton? Oh, yeah, his right. own, his own. 
Um, um, yeah, I, I was watching a, a video the other day of Orton getting angry in the ring again. Against Kofi Kingston? Kofi Kingston. Stupid! Stupid! Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I did Rye back there. Um, yeah, he was... Um, he was really upset because he was trying to get the punk kick over as his finisher. Yeah, he kept getting up and then he gave him a big old stiff RKO, if that can be such a thing. It's like Just, a shooter at Gunran until old divas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit of Shawn Michaels behaviour from Morton there, losing his temper in the ring when something doesn't yeah. go right. Um, but back to this angle, I guess. This was Vince McMahon's illegitimate son angle. There was a bit of a Guess Who style promo going on where everyone was around the ring and then, just like in Guess Who, the the... Who was he? The paternity guy, the scientist, the DNA man. Yeah, yeah. yeah he that. would go like, "My first is in water, but not in wave." Your son has got lovely hair, or something like that. And then a few I of them would leave. Dwarfism. Or Some of the bald ones would leave. Um, and then it got all the way down to like Triple H, which would have been disturbing. That would have been great, would it? Cause, yeah, cause I love he, stuff like that. Because he would have been related to his wife. Yeah. Right, okay, that would have been great. Um, That's a soundbite for you. <laughs> but then, luckily for Triple H, it was um, bloody Hornswoggle, wasn't it? He was under the ring. Who ruins everything. Just terrible. Uh, I, I don't know, I, I like some Hornswoggle moments. Yeah? Have you not? I like when, G- splash. when JBL... Yeah, WLC was fun. Yeah, WLC was fun. JBL murdered him, that was great. Yeah, trash kind of WrestleMania. The one whatnot. where DX went under the ring and found the mystical land where he lives. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. That that was yeah. not a good little bad period of little people's court. Little people's, little people's court. Good. That was yeah. it. No, it wasn't. No, it was bad. It was a bad thing. What little people's court? Yeah, well, ah, I thought it was all right. Right, okay, <laughs> like um, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, then it was a weird sort of situation where Vince was initially horrified because. His son's a little person, so he was annoyed by that. He was like, "Oh, damn it!" I'm uh, Vince you would be livid, wouldn't you? But th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Wow. But then gradually, I think they got on a bit. Yeah, I think they sort of. Yeah, I, I can't remember any sort of like promo packages or anything with them holding hands in the park. They mocked anything. JR together, which was a bit distasteful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. about that. And then uh, that's, I guess, when Vince thought, oh, he's not so bad." And then. Um, <laughs> And then it was retconned, and Hornswoggle was actually Finley's son, which is fair enough. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, they it's look, still bad, they look isn't it? more similar. Too bad reveals he's got. He's the he's the anonymous raw he GM. He ruins as well, everything. Doesn't he? The man does. I know it's not necessarily his fault. That could have been such a great reveal as well. I, I'm sure this will come up at some point in this week in wrestling. Maybe it already has. But, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, but the Raw anonymous Raw GM was so good, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be Bret Hart. It's going to be the Raw. It's going to be someone good." It's and then they just sort of realized oh, it's Hornswoggle, and then well, forgotten about again. They forgot about it for ages, and then it was Hornswoggle, and then they forgot about it. And then it came back as an anonymous... Uh, just awful. But it's funny because he's like a human being, but only half the size. No, <laughs> Baron Corbin would hate him. <laughs> what else? I'm trying to see if there's anything else we need to say about that one, really. No, I, it was just bad. Yeah, it was just bad. September... Oh, Kennedy, though. Poor Kennedy. He was one yeah. of the guys I was most interested in when I got back into wrestling. I think I've said that before. I used to play as him on one of the games. Yeah. He had a really good moveset, and I liked his theme music. Good finisher. The Green Bay Plunge. Lovely, yeah. yeah. What's he doing now? Is he, he's not wrestling for Impact anymore. He wrestled for Southside Wrestling last weekend. Nice. Yeah. The time of recording. Um, next up, we've got... I'm, I'm assuming Sam wrote this one. I wrote this. Oh, right. Just from the brutal, sort of blunt headline you've put on this one. Well, Lawler, it was true. Lawler almost dies. It is true. He did almost die on September 10th, 2012. I should mention the previous one was in 2007, but mm-hmm. I didn't. This one's in 20... Moving on now to 2012. <laughs> where... <laughs> Where Lola almost died. Oh, yes, right. So, 
Bret Hart made his first appearance on WWE programming in Montreal since the... So his first appearance in Montreal since the screw job in 97. So Bret Hart being there would be a distant second to real life events that night in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just minutes after competing in a tag team match, Jerry Lawler suffered a heart attack while on commentary. Thanks in part to the quick work of WWE doctor Michael Sampson sitting nearby, Lawler was administered CPR and his life was saved. The remainder of the show went without commentary, but Michael Cole announced the show um, announced as the show closed that he was breathing on his own and was responding. Now this is one of the high points in a horrible way, but it's Michael Cole, I remember being highly praised for his, his professionalism. His face turn, wasn't it? Because he was a dick. Yeah, was this was that. he a heel until this point? No, ah. Yeah, this turned him face for a bit. Mm. Totally, it was um, really like heartfelt, and it was like you, you could just all of the the overproduced sound biting nonsense was gone for a minute as Michael Cole basically just sort of prayed for his friend. Yeah, right. And it was really really touching. I watched this actually the other day, uh, and it was um, a match. It was the primetime players versus Team Hell No. Um, and you suddenly, like halfway through the match, something's happening, and they're not using the camera on the left side of the ring that shoots towards the announce table, yeah, the yeah. one that you can sometimes see in the background. It's like they're this very sparingly using that shot, and it's like, okay, something's going on here. And then when you do, the crowd you see something. there's an empty chair, uh, and people start looking at the announce table. People aren't paying attention to the match, and then the match starts having lots and lots of rest holds right. because everybody in the ring just wanted to check on Laura yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Um, Little Nate is the ref, and he's looking and. Daniel Bryan is looking over Kane, not even looking at Daniel Bryan throughout this whole thing. He's just checking and seeing. Because yeah, like, yeah. it, was, it was really, really scary. Really. Oh, yeah, of course. Dolph Ziggler's fault as well, wasn't it? I don't know if this is being cleared up, but apparently the thing that set it off was that... Do you remember when Ziggler would do the ten elbows to the chest? Yeah, yeah. He did that to Lawler, and then that was what? Is that right? Apparently, wow. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I don't know if it's been cleared up one way or the other, but that couldn't have helped. No. I mean, I do feel like when, when old wrestlers you know, get back in the ring and have a bit of a match. It's always a bit fun. It's like, hey, a bit of a novelty. But, you know, especially from Lawler's generation, the toll that that's taken on their bodies over the years, it's quite a big risk for them to wrestle again. He was wrestling fairly soon after again. We'll yeah. never see him wrestle yeah, in the was... WWE, but he still wrestles to yeah, this day. Yeah. Soon after as well on Raw, he was promoting burgers. No. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. They were having a meeting, big, sloppy, juicy burgers on Raw, which was like exactly what the heart needs after a big old heart <laughs> Fantastic. attack. Fantastic. Um, moving on, uh, and he was fine, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, he, he came back uh, a few weeks later, maybe a couple of months later. Uh, moving on now to September 11th, 2005. TNA's best match ever. I've not read on to the next paragraph, but I can guess what it is. And it is. I'm correct. Wonderful. It's, um, right, it's Velvet Sky versus... <laughs> It's um, Charmel versus Jenna Maraska, that's right. No, it's AJ Styles versus Samojo and Christopher Daniels in a triple threat at Unbreakable. And yeah, I think it, it is pretty much unquestionably the best TNA, best TNA match ever. The only one to ever receive a five-star rating. Yes. Still to this day. From Dave. Um, Which is insane, really. Considering yeah. the talent that they've had there and yeah. the number of years that they've been running. They've, that's still... they've not, um, to be honest, they've not had as many... Their big singles matches, while good, were never on the level of like a big WWE singles match. So you'd have like Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle put on a really good match, but it's not a patch on like some of the big. Like you'd see like these days, a lot of WWE's pay per view main events being like the same level as like one of their matches. Yeah. But they were doing that style before WWE did, like the more legit strikes and stuff. This match was quite innovative as well because it was. Um, it was almost like you could put it in 2018 and it wouldn't look out of place. There's loads of high flying going on novel counters and that sort of thing and Smojo uh, being 
shockingly agile for a man of his size, which you don't really see these days, which I'm glad he's toned it down because he's a big, nasty heel. But yeah, he doesn't need to. He yeah. doesn't need to be doing that but stuff anymore. back then, it was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't watching at the time, though. I, I, I haven't I, watched I, this since it aired. Really? Did yeah. you watch it at the time? I have never seen it. Have you not? Ooh. Great. It's it really, really fantastic match. Just like, the level of talent, you obviously know it's going to be brilliant, but yeah, really, really good. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about it. I, I guess an interesting point is that Styles and Joe are now obviously in WWE. Styles won the match. But Daniels, is he's stayed indie, hasn't he? He's always yeah. been here. I mean, well, he's, he's appeared in WWE, obviously, a few times. Dark matches, Velocity, yes. whatever. But he's never had a WWE run. He was supposed he to be. He was supposed to, who was he supposed to be? He was supposed to be the... Not a mature general manager. <laughs> it's me, me Austin. Of, what? That was going to be Daniels? Sure, he was one of the people rumoured to be. Seriously? When he first started, him and Jake Roberts were the two names I remember. Nobody would know who he was. I think that's the point, though, a fresh right. character. I guess no one knew who Kane was when he... Yeah, true, around. yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, sure, that's true. There's the fallen angel. Oh. Jake Roberts would have been great. Jake Roberts would have been fantastic. But maybe, was... well, maybe not in 1999, but or 98, whatever it was. But it yeah, was Vince. Because he was on the... Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> there you go. Um, have you seen the little funny meme thing that's going You know, that um, how people shove Vince shot and it's me, Austin, in different situations. Mm. Saw a really good one recently. It's a, who's that Pokemon? And the guy guesses, it's Pikachu. And then it goes, it's me, Austin. He goes, oh, God damn it. <laughs> no, it's very good. Um, but no, Daniels recently appeared on All In, of course. Yeah, great Wrestling match Stephen with um, Stephen Amell. Yeah. yeah. And has always been a very, I think, not, not underrated because everyone knows he's really, really good. But just hasn't reached the same level of acclaim as many of his peers around the time. It's a shame. And the only reason for that is because he hasn't properly done WWE, I think. Yeah. I, He's a guy who hasn't really changed his style up that much. He still does a lot of the stuff that he's doing. He's a ageless yeah, man. He's yeah, he is. And he looks very... exactly the same, doesn't he? Well, he never really had hair, as far as I remember. Is that what it is? Maybe. All people Although... don't age. No, I think... No, it's just that... Phillips. <laughs> That's another hasn't prime changed. example, yeah. yeah. Another wrestler who's never really got the respect that he deserves. 30, Austin yeah. looks the same. Yeah. Austin looked older when he had hair. Yeah, he did, yeah. He rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Daniel's a very polite man. We mm. met him. Yep. Were you there? Oh, he's proper polite. Nice blow. Um, showed me to a locker room when I was looking for directions. It was really nice. Bless him. It was a good anecdote. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> I did an interview with him, and it was meant to be a shoot interview, but he conducted it entirely in kayfabe. I was watching the other day, uh, Chris Daniels' Curry Man. Yeah. Um, and Wait, he's just naming the Japanese Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he speaks in Japanese, but he's just saying, like, Nakamura Shinsuke. Naito. And all this stuff. Every word that he was saying was just naming wrestlers. I never picked up on it. Oh, nice. When I was watching, but right. no, he, he, I actually thought it was Japanese. Oh, I, yeah. but it's not his curry, man. it was Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A strange man sometimes takes wrestling very seriously, sometimes just doesn't. So, yeah. I mean, he just protected the business fully when I tried to talk to him about Did it. Did yeah. Talk me through the interview. I'll, I'll try and break Right, so we've got, it was just when he'd won the Ring of Honor World Championship, finally, after years and years of being a Ring of Honor favourite and everyone loves him and everything. And, um, and then he won the belt in a match against, I think, Adam Cole mm-hmm. and Kazarian had just joined the Bullet Club and Kazarian and Daniels would be like best friends for years yeah. <clears throat> but it was a double cross Kazarian hadn't really joined the Bullet Club he turned back good and he helped Daniels win so I was like, oh, did you um, a lot of these days, a lot of people think they know what's going to happen in wrestling but that was a genuinely shocking moment did you like plan it that way or was it just something that just came out like that and he was like, no, myself and Frankie Kazarian we knew we could outsmart the Bullet Club we just <laughs> knew it and I was just like, oh, you lovely man <laughs> 
Next up, we're going to September the 13th, 2001 for the first televised sporting event after the World Trade Center attacks, obviously on September 11th, 2001. Uh, so WWF presented a live episode of SmackDown from the Compact Center in Houston, Texas. It was originally scheduled to tape two days earlier because SmackDown wasn't live then, but obviously that was postponed due to the terror attacks in New York City, uh, Washington, D.C. and Pennsylvania. This was the first live televised sporting event in the United States since those attacks. The show opened with Vince McMahon addressing the crowd and Lillian Garcia delivered a beautiful rendition of the National Anthem. I remember this. I, I remember cried at this. Which she, she was well enough. On a recent yeah. podcast, What Made Us Cry in Wrestling. Did you cry at this? I forgot to mention this. No, yeah. Mm. I thought it was a reading it because I cry really readily. Uh, I cried at this as well, actually. Um, but there's loads of stuff in she's wrestling. She's got pipes, hasn't she, Lillian? Oh, she's, she's great. My pipes, dad's in you? love with her. Big old Nick Pack. Nige Pack. Nige Pack. Yeah, no, he, he loves her. She's the, she's the best, isn't she? They she's got rid of her for a little bit. Another ageless person. Yeah, right? Yeah. She's a lot older than you think she is. One thing she's that, in her 50s now, right? Oh, she must be. One thing that um really, you know when you hear wrestlers talk about like on the shoot interviews and stuff and you realise that some wrestlers are friends and you thought, oh, I never realised they were friends or something like that. Uh, Austin, when he came back, at one point, or did an interview about coming back or something, said, oh, I was excited to see my old drinking buddy, Lillian Garcia. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> was he joking? I don't think he was. I think they were actually, like, pals. Pounding Steve Watson. I reckon she could stick it away here, like, yeah. the old Latina. Yeah. They're good at drinking, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. Um, so, so back to this. Yes. In between matches, uh, Superstars and Divas, because it was that time, uh, gave a few words about the tragedy. As for the show itself, I think this was a wise decision. Uh, Storylines were put on hold, and we just had, like, straightforward matches. Yeah. Um, you don't really want people like proper healing it up when, no. when it's in the aftermath of a tragedy. Um, I'll run through the card. The Hardy Boys defeated the Hurricane and Lance Storm. This was obviously during the invasion angle it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got a nice mixture of WWF and WCW. Can't quite see the other half of the card because of the way that this is printed. There we go. Rob Van Dam versus Spike Dudley. Chris Jericho versus Christian. The Rock defeated Sean Stasiak in three seconds. I love How Sean. can you I win a match Sean in three Stasiak. seconds? Because the, the they're already is, lying down, yeah. The pinfall takes three. So yeah. what did he do? It wasn't Mike uh, Sean Stasiak's gimmick just to run into things and get knocked out? But that would then. be like that would take like six seconds. Yeah, and, unless the match had. But he was going for like a sneak attack. Yeah. Oh, while he's laid on top. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe spitball. Um, yeah. I like the one where Stasiak runs a Kurt Angle when he's got the milk truck and Angle just sort of sidesteps <laughs> and Stasiak just goes bang to the side of it, which I think was all a punishment because of the heat that was on him at the time. WrestleMania, wasn't it? He spoiled the uh, WCW invasion. Mm. Did he? WrestleMania X7, they were all supposed to run in on the, uh, the Shane-Vince match, I think it was, but Sean stays it went on the radio, said, oh, oh yeah. we're all going to be there, and then they're all in the skybox with slap, Shane, face like slapped Shane goes like, what up, boys? <laughs> and it just shows like Miserable. some shadowy figures <laughs> in the top. Um, also, I think it was him. Wasn't he the one who was caught taping conversations in the locker room? Never heard that one. Uh, no. um, the Acolytes defeated X-Pac and Albert. What? X-Factor. Booker T beat the Big Show. A uh, big win for Booker there. Lita beat Ivory. Well, I'm just... It's a big win. <laughs> big win for Booker T, that. Uh, Test and the Dudleys beat... What a match. Test and the Dudleys beat Tajiri Regal and Scotty Too Hotty. Kurt I forgot Angle. about that brief stable there of Tajiri. Why was Scotty in with that? I don't really know. I don't remember I don't it. Remember it was it just their mate for a bit. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Um, I like it. Kurt Angle beat Rhino, and in the post-show dark match, WCW champion The Rock defeated WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin, but by DQ. Well, you've always got to be careful, haven't you, with these sort of aftermath of tragedy episodes of stuff. And I think that was a pretty appropriate one. I think that was... This was a statement, wasn't it? Because I think not only was this the first televised sporting thing, it was the first like mass gathering of people yeah, after it happened. So Wow. Take that, terrorists. Yeah. 
They were they were worried because a lot of people didn't they, they didn't think that people would show up because obviously fear was oh yeah so God, yeah. crazy um, and it was still like loads and loads of people showed up it was a felt yeah. more like a rally than a wrestling show. I mean, I often wonder. This is getting pretty serious now, but I wonder if that was the biggest event in our lifetimes. Like, will anything more shocking and like more tragic? And yeah, more tragic. Yeah. Um, World War Three's coming soon. And <laughs> oh no! <laughs> who know, who Don't knows? say that. Probably. No, it was a, a oh, yeah, obviously awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess a, a fascinating moment in wrestling. This show. Yes, and then it it would lead sort of not that he didn't deserve it obviously but it led to Kurt Angle's next title run because mm. he was the all-american hero and stuff yeah. and it was great moments when he beat Steve Austin for the belt so lovely we'll move on to the 15th of September speaking of Steve Austin in 1995 this is when WCW made a grave error and fired him not recognizing his limitless potential Austin who was still on the sidelines due to a triceps injury he'd suffered while on tour in Japan was mailed his termination notice via FedEx is this Bischoff's doing, I guess? Yeah. There was a thing at StarCast where Sean Walton was saying, because he had a broken neck, I think, and Bischoff did the same to him. And he's, Sean Walton was up on the stage going, Bischoff did this to me. And Bischoff's in the bar and he goes, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, which I thought was funny. I'm not the biggest fan of Eric in terms of, I mean, I've never really met him beyond doing an interview with him once, but I'm not just in terms of wrestling history. He's a figure that I've always thought, oh, I don't like him. He's not. He's not my boy. I guess he was. He was in a very difficult position in that he he did a lot of talent relations stuff as well as producing yes. and and all sorts. But firing somebody via FedEx is, is yeah. pretty pretty crappy. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, not realizing his potential. Obviously, he did great things with uh, with Pillman. But I don't know. It's it, you could say it about a lot of guys, couldn't you? Like that. How much unfulfilled potential has there been how many guys have been around the mid card forever and just happened not to break out yeah yeah never given that opportunity i think 95 was a bit too early for the austin beer drinking thing as well with like yeah culture and whatnot yeah you're probably right but if they just hung on to him for a bit maybe mm. although you could kind of it all gets tangled up because you could say there would never have been an austin character without ecw yeah and then there would never have been the big austin explosion without mcmahon to bounce off and then the screw job oh it's all linked it's all linked. Um, Bischoff defended the firing of Austin via FedEx in a 2015 interview with Kayfabe Commentaries. Do you like the bloke of Kayfabe Commentaries? Sean. Sean. Yeah, yeah I like do we know him? He's very good at his job. I find him a bit sleazy. like. Yeah, but that's the whole thing, isn't I know. it? Like the hoe bag and all that. Yeah. It's, it's cheap, but it is very entertaining. I just don't like his whole... He knows what he's doing. Yeah, but he yeah. acts like he's the classy one. He's like, we've got an email here from someone who's asked how big Batista's dick is. <laughs> Does he do that? Well, he kind of he'll read out a question yeah, and say like, mean. how many women did you sleep with when you were? And then, but he reads out and he goes like, how many women did you sleep? Well, oh for goodness sake! Yeah, he's like, he's a bit, he, just, he doesn't go that over the top. He goes like, like answer it if you want to, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But you know that he's like, come on, tell the tell her. I like how when many. he's got the gimmick, but he just gets out like a syringe and goes. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Who's that then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like little bag of white powder. Like... <laughs> Shakes it in the face. Oh, is that? Recovering addict. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's new Jack, is it? Oh, surprising. <laughs> um... Bischoff defended the firing of Austin in an interview with Kayfabe Commentary, saying it was consistent with Turner policy at the time. I haven't heard of many other guys getting fired via FedEx from WCW, though. Maybe it's just... Is it two? Yes. Um, we know that much. Just over a week after he was fired, the still-injured Austin turned up at an ECW show in New York. Middletown, New York, sorry. Austin would spend most of his brief time in ECW doing interviews and promos. He would wrestle just twice for ECW, both defeats to Mikey Whipwreck for the World Heavyweight Championship. Austin was in talks to head to all Japan, I did not know that, but he would sign with the WWF in December. He would be the forefront of the company's resurgence, and by 98, the biggest draw in pro wrestling. I didn't really that he only had uh, two matches in ECW. It was all about I mean, the promos. Promo, still yeah. injured. I've seen, so I know the pro- when he sat there, he still got no. He's just shaved his head. I think he's got short hair. Yes, that's it. Yeah. He had it at the start because he was doing the Hogan parody. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Oh, was that his real hair? I think that. Yeah, was I think big, so. Yeah. yeah fair play. I, when I watch them back, I get like CM Punk vibes. Yeah. I'm like wow, what an anti-authoritarian man. Yeah. How exciting. How raw. I just think it was great. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just really liked it. Um, didn't like hit the ground running as soon as he got into WWE. I mean, he was under the middle the of ring man and stuff. The ringmaster, but it was the the. Apparently they used to uh, the used to do these long interviews as the ringmaster and they, they would edit the because pr- Raw was taped every two weeks or whatever and on the second week so they edited his stuff because it was making the boys in the truck pop so much he says on his podcast. Oh, so he was, right. yeah, Steve. so the, the boys in the truck would laugh but then sabotage him going forward and progressing until wow. he said, "How lads, what are you doing?" How yeah. are you, lads? <laughs> How are you? I'm Steve Austin. I'm Stephen Austin. I'm uh, really Steve from Benwell. <laughs> you dafties. <laughs> you being cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, is are you being cheeky and insult elsewhere apart from in the north? No, no. he says that all the time. You Me being cheeky. No, I've not ne- in the way literally that. never said. Are you being cheeky? It's a very cheeky thing to say. Not it sounds like that. it would be, but I, I don't think I've said it. Not in the way that local cheeky little monkey I say. say it when they're like, like if you accidentally make eye contact with someone on the bus, you being cheeky. What uh, and that mean? That, is means, that like you, you starting? Start, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, so yeah, you, you being cheeky, me? Is that not a? Nah. Okay. 
I hope never. If never, because oh, was... if somebody said that to me on a bus or something, you think they were I coming think... on to you. Well, yeah, it's just like, oh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> you <it>. know me. <laughs> You're an autograph. <laughs> oh, you love it. We're going now to the 16th of September 2010. Linda runs for Senate. WWE announces via a press release that Linda McMahon has resigned from her post as Chief Executive Officer, effective immediately. Why? Here's... To run for U.S. Senate. For U.S. Senate. Uh, The most expensive campaign ever, I believe. For anyone? Yeah, in the U.S. Running for that position, they spent more money. More than Trump or the time? It probably have to be because of Of that position. It it was insane amounts of money. Mm. (laughs) Well, she's she's on the something now. What is she now? Small businesses or something like that. Yeah. Um, So Vince assumed the CEO title and duties to go with his position as chairman, a pair of titles he holds to this day. As for Linda, she would emerge as the Republican challenger to Richard Blumenthal, who but would lose handily in the general election, fifty-five percent to forty-three. Some abstinations there. Here it is. Look at this. An estimated 101 million. Jesus. Most money spent on a failed campaign for federal office in American history. (laughs) We can blame wrestling. There's a a book about this, because it's all kicked off with Linda McMahon this week. Well, she's in there now. Uh, She is in there now, but there was some... You know what? I I really don't know the specifics, and I don't want to get it wrong, but somebody leaked some information. Was it? Trish. Stratus. Oh, no, I was doing an article the other day, and it was all kicking off because of Trish. You know when Vince made her bark like a dog? Oh, right. And it was oh, linked to Linda. Media's been yeah. picked up on it or something. No, this is about... Is this the New York Times or Trump's. the New Yorker or something? New York Post, maybe? The I, article. I, 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 I really, I don't mm. want to get the, the details wrong or anything, but something happened where some information has been leaked to the press, I believe, um, and there were rumours of Linda McMahon doing it, and she publicly denied it via Twitter. And I, I was going through her tweets just last night, and all of them are just like people just respond with gifts of Vince to every one of her tweets, and have been for the past few weeks. But there's a book out about the connections between the WWE and how it got her into office. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna download it and read it. I actually included this one because Jen, for some weird reason, is Loves. a massive fan of Linda McMahon. Oh, I tweeted this. There's nothing more consistently baffling in wrestling than Linda McMahon pop. Go on. Every time she comes out, she gets a huge pop. <laughs> The old WrestleMania theme plays. People lose their bananas. Linda's coming to save the day. Who's she going to... It was like 2005 when Jim Ross gets fired. People go mental. because you know when Linda comes out that Vince is getting overruled. You know that something good's going to happen. The babyfaces are going to get what they deserve. You know? I can't stand her. (laughs) I think she's she's crap. She's she's really bad. She's a lifeless, voidless sack of potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is ironic, of course, because it was fantastic when she was literally playing one of those and then kicked her. Yeah, when she stood up, that was an amazing moment. moment, That's it, though. That's that's the only That's it. I can't think of anything else. (laughs) Oh, a lot of people... Jen loves the McMahons, generally, doesn't she? I don't get that. Vince is fascinating. Yeah. Shane, I really like, despite his recent run. I just think he seems like a nice bloke and a good dad. Bit of a chancer. Well, <laughs> we, we, be cheeky. <laughs> Stephanie is uh, deplorable. No, I, oh, everyone says she's nice. <laughs> Start to finish. Horrible. She's evil eyes. And Linda, yeah. as, as Ross says, is nothing. <laughs> Steph is just Vince's daughter, 100%. Yeah, but yeah. She's just Vince. But Linda, I don't know. She, there's a lot of affection from the Scots towards Linda. Jen loves her. Kenny loves her. There, there's wee Linda over there. Loves Do him. the Scots like Trump? He's got a golf course there, hasn't he? It's like no, a the, the Scots really they don't like Trump. Trump. When he went there, the protests were yeah, bad. They're not, yes. not fans. Right, let's uh, On a positive note. Yeah. 
16th of September. Oh, yes, 16th of September, 2011. Speaking of people who maybe have untapped potential and should be right in the main event scene, I think, anyway, mm. WWE sign Claudio Castagnoli, <laughs> or Cesaro, as he's known. Uh, or Antonio Cesaro, as he used to be known. He's had moderate success, I'd agree with that, winning the WWE Tag Team and United States Championships, but his most notable victory came at WrestleMania 30 as the winner of the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Isn't that weird? That that's his most notable victory. I bet it's good, though. Picked up the big show. Yeah, yeah no, don't get me wrong. Run. It was a good match and everything, but it, as you say, it's just a sacrificial lamb he was back then. You heard Heyman explain why they paired him with him? Go on. Just so Heyman, because obviously Lesnar's not on a full-time contract, so when he beats The Undertaker, you need it reminder every single week that somebody beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So just to keep Heyman on TV... So you could say that, they paired him with Cesaro. Oh, and he was man. a sacrificial lamb in that situation. So he did his job, technically, it's a weird but then it was just a weird one. Yeah. Do you think he'll ever get to the main event scene? Uh, do you not? I hope he does, but... It's, the, lang- it's the language barrier in it, which is a shame. It's not his fault, is it? Unless the parent back with him. Can... everything he's saying. Uh, yeah. Or, or pair, yeah, parent, not, he's just not very ca- with, with the microphone, and he's not very charismatic, is he? I, I remember... think he is. I would disagree. I think he's really I think funny. A, and a disconnect there for me. It's a bit... No, fair enough. I remember when um, him and Seamus first had their series and mm-hmm. then it went to a draw and then they were paired together and I thought, oh, I can't wait for this to be over and then Cesaro will get a push. But they're still, to this day... You know what? I love the bar. They look like they're having I, a great time. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that it's the best work of both men's WWE careers. Yeah, probably, yeah. I find them incredibly entertaining. I love their tag title run. Uh, I hope they... Never have a bad match. They're not going to be the New Day, are they? The annoying thing is, WWE know how good... Cesaro is yeah, and they yeah. know how over he is because I remember the Raw after 30, WrestleMania 32 in Dallas there was a four way match to become the number one contender AJ Styles eventually won it but there was a mystery fourth entrant and it was Cesaro and the place just I know it's WrestleMania weekend it's like smarky fans and stuff but the pop for Cesaro is and huge. the fact that they booked him in that position with yeah. the secret thing that, yeah they know mm. that he is because like, he's been out with injury and then he like came a, back a massive oh, thing oh the Cesaro what yeah, do you yeah. think I said uh, nothing um, so um <laughs> Yeah, I just think me and Becky Lynch chatted about him once. The one time the one I talked time to, Becky to Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. What did you talk? Sorry, what was your question to Becky Lynch? This wasn't my main question. This was just a last little sign-off question. Do you like Cesaro? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said um, we all know you love a pun, but who apart from you is the best pun master in WWE? And she immediately went, "Oh, Claudio." She said, "Claudio." Oh, I know. Oh, and then she corrected herself and went, "Cesaro." Uh, apparently he's really good and I went I said something like well I guess you can put in like six different languages or something <laughs> she went yeah yeah probably I was like thanks for your time <laughs> oh it was a great conference call that one everyone was trying to impress us so much anyway Cesaro <laughs> likes coffee does he yeah he's got a coffee Instagram he's got an Instagram where he just puts pictures of coffee on lovely cups of coffee what a nice man I think he seems lovely yeah he does he, he does really yeah. funny yeah. And him and Seamus are genuine mates, which is the nice as well. Yeah, him, Rusev. Swiss Tony. The, the League of Nations minus, minus Del Rio. Now, yeah. Minus Del Rio. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot Del about Del Rio was in them. I totally forgot that Del Rio was in there. Yeah, they kicked Barrett out because he was the weak link, apparently. Yeah. Silly. Nonsense. And finally, on the 17th of September, 1986, sex. See, I've cocked this up. I should point out that this should have gone to the... 16th, shouldn't it? You've done an extra day. Yeah. But let's do it anyway, because I think it's a really nice one. Okay. Um, a little bonus one. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan team up for the first time. The WWF pair is one of the most iconic commentary teams ever. Maybe the most. Alongside Lawler and King, probably the most. Maybe Lawler and more. King? Lawler oh, and Jay. No. Oh, How embarrassing. <laughs> oh, humiliation. Um, 
one of the most iconic teams ever. The most iconic team. I think so as well. Yeah. For the first time at the rest at a wrestling challenge taping in Salisbury, Maryland. Maryland. That team was Grill Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I yeah, what a pair of chaps. Genuinely the the funniest pairing ever, without yeah. a doubt. A lot of people talk about um Ventura and Monsoon, but to me it's always been about Will it. you stop? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. pandemonium. No, I just... I remember, right? WCPW, the one briefing I had before going on commentary with Simon Miller, mm. I was told, be like Bobby Heenan. Easy. Easy job. Simon was told, be like Gorilla Monsoon. Easy. That was it. <laughs> That's insane. Easy. That is. That... And of course, we lived up to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come to of the year for you. <laughs> the spirit of Bobby Heenan lives on <laughs> in Ross. Um. Deb, yeah. He's you... the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 so many. I, I was watching. Something the other day, which is uh, after Monsoon passed away and Heenan is on Nitro. This is another wrestling moment that made me cry. Heenan is on Nitro um, and he he says that it's not, it's not, they're not going to call the Gates of Heaven in it anymore. That'll be called the gorilla position. Uh, and like, he's welling up. Apparently he had to fight to say that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Wow. So, no, in fact, he, he was told not to say it, I believe. And then Shivani just cut his thing short and said, oh, by the way, Heenan is... Oh, yeah. fair enough. Can you imagine like being instructed not to talk about one of your best friends? <laughs> it's, anyway. But that's one of the best things about them as well. You can tell that they're best mates. Like, yes, they're always so at each other's throats and stuff, but they've yeah. got incredible chemistry. Um, the, the Royal Rumble 92, when... It's the best call of all time, I think, that, from a singular commentator. Which one? Bobby Heenan, Royal Rumble 92. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant... I thought you were going to say he tried to escape through the, through the barbershop window. <laughs> 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 It's so good. <laughs> Thing is, as well, when when you listen to old pay per views and stuff, or listen to them when you watch them on the network, um, this is obviously an iconic team. But I really enjoy Ventura and Gorilla as well. I think yeah, Ventura, I, I really like good. yeah I, Ventura was very good at what he did. Obviously, I prefer Heenan. Yeah. Other favorite Bobby Heenan moments? Dare the first Raw. Yeah, trying to get in the building. I like the one where it's on a WCW and they've got uh, I think some kind of Japanese consortiums over. They sat at ringside with them. And they may have brought like a wrestler or two over as well, I don't know. But they sat at the announce table with these sort of Japanese businessmen and they offered them some kind of food or something. And Heenan's like, oh, yeah, thank you very much. Eats it and goes like, like spits it out discreetly. <laughs> it's just the best comedy timing. It's really good. Also, the towel catch, Mr. Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. when he throws it back he's, in. Flawless. His, Perfect. Hall, his Hall of Fame speech is amazing as well. Yes. 2005. Yeah. Funniest one of all time. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla was underrated as well because Heenan gets all the laughs because he's the funny one yeah. but Gorilla did a great job of being the straight man yeah. and was a massive blow do you know he gets in the ring at the Royal Rumble one he's time he's a huge guy yeah he's massive yeah, yeah. Don't know I was been. watching Vader's beat down of him quite recently yeah. and he's like he's he's up there with Vader he's taller than Vader right, right. he's a massive bloke Heenan gets a the, the one thing that people critique Heenan for is um, the reveal of Hogan at Bash of the Beach 96 because um, was that Gorilla? What? Heenan. Heenan. Oh, Heenan, Heenan sorry, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And he questions, hey, Who's maybe side? Hogan's the third man. Whose side is he on? Yeah, whose side is he on? But the whole thing of Heenan, for the entirety of his career, was... He was anti-Hogan. Yeah. And they, he hadn't been told about it either. Oh, right, the, right, the, right. The, the, the commentary team, sorry, weren't aware of it. So why wouldn't Heenan? I yeah. think it's really unfair of people to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I think the fact that he's done commentary for so many years, and commentary is one of the hardest things to do in wrestling apart from wrestling itself. Uh, the fact that he's got one thing that everyone goes, oh, maybe that wasn't the best, but everything else everyone's got to say about him is like, 
True. He was fantastic. Yeah. So was Gravilla. One of my biggest regrets, I think, is uh, not getting like a photo or an autograph or something, or just chatting to his wife, Cynthia, is it? Um, at WrestleCon. Oh, right. They were, they were there, and um, I don't know. I just... Uh, it was weird towards the end of Heenan obviously he had like reconstructive surgery on his throat yeah a lot of health issues it, yeah. it was just like I, I, I don't know I he was a genuine hero of mine growing up still is like, I, I love him tremendously and I, I just wish I'd yeah gone and well, spoken to him um, really just such a sad death yeah it was um, but you know it, it lives on because I think as you say they're probably the most iconic tag, t- uh, tag team the most iconic commentary duo yep. of all time now, unfortunately, we do have a few deaths to talk about uh, on this day. Well, on September the 11th, 2010, uh, Bastian Berger sadly passed away. Uh, I don't know too much, honestly, about Bastian. I know I'm how sure. he got released from WWF Fact. back in the day. No, uh, he complained to a producer backstage that he wasn't getting booked enough. So the producer said, why don't you go and see Vince McMahon and say you're unhappy? And then he went, <laughs> apparently Vince McMahon said, if you're unhappy, just leave. Oh, he left. No. That'll show him. <laughs> What else did he do? He was Fry Ferguson. Fry Ferguson, yeah. Oh. Uh, what was his name? Some on the lo- Norman the Lunatic in yeah. WCW. That's all I know. There you go. Um, Sapphire passed away sadly on September 11th, 96. Dusty Rhodes' valet yes. for a short time. Um, part of just, I mean, obviously this wasn't the high point of Dusty's career. He was deliberately the try to make a joke out of him. Yeah. And he just rose above it all and just owned it and it was yeah. fantastic. And she was part of that. She, um, you know, was a part of his sort of lovable entourage. Yeah, really fun to watch. Yeah. Apparently really nice women as well. Really? Yep. That's lovely. Um, Fritz von Erich and, well, oh, no, this was years two, two apart, of course. Erichs, yeah. yeah, two von Erichs, but one in 91, Chris von Erich in, on September 12th, 91, and Fritz von Erich on September 10th, 97. The von Erich curse, really, kind of just is a yeah, big Yeah, one, one of these was natural causes. Fritz yes. was um, brain cancer. Yes, brain cancer, right? yeah. Um, and he lived a very long life. Uh, Longer than... Well, sadly, longer than a lot of his yeah. children. Yeah, all uh, of his children. Just one still alive, isn't there? One is still Ke- alive. Is it Kerry? Yeah. Right, Kevin. right, right. Not Kerry. Kerry. One didn't wear tire. shoes. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Right. Um, and then Chris gunshot wound. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a strange. The Von Erichs are one of the most fascinating. And honestly, I don't, I don't think I've read enough about them because they're a fascinating wrestling family. Yeah. And a tragic one as well. I was watching back. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. It was a SummerSlam. I think, yeah, uh, and it was a six-man tag, and the part when Kerry Von Erich comes out as right. Texas Tornado, he was so over. And he's massive. Yeah. He, he, he like had the everything one, he yeah. needed to be really big. He had the look. He was really good in the ring. Mm. Yeah. Very sad, very sad. Yeah, uh, but luckily, and I wish Jen was here for this because she bloody loves it, it's time for some birthdays, <laughs> as she says. She loves a birthday. She, lo- she I think Jen's one of those people who... She, it's not just a, does she, do you think she's one of those people because I know someone who loves it when it's your birthday but when it's her own birthday she's, she's also called Jen she doesn't really like it when it's her birthday oh right but I wonder if Jen's like that or whether she also loves her own birthday I'm pretty sure she told me once that she has a birthday month yeah that's ridiculous she, Jen that's, <laughs> I mean each week she's on this she claims she has more years than she actually does which suggests to me she loves it what she couldn't work out that she wasn't 37 a few weeks ago bless her Rosh is clearly not Will you stop? <laughs> on September 10th, we have, well, oh no, the ages aren't written down. I'm just going to say happy birthday to each of these lads, I guess. Um, so on September the 10th, we have Don Morocco, mag- magnificent, marvellous, magnificent Don Morocco. Which one is it? Magnificent. Magnificent Don Morocco, an early legend in WWE. 
Uh, Matt Morgan, the blueprint. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, for a while. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> for a while in CNA, he was the, the, the boss. He was just yeah. elbowing for... They're behind him. Yeah, yeah. In the turnbuckle, he's doing that. It's weird on this just chair. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but he's like seven. Vicious. He's like seven foot, and he's proper going for it. I remember briefly getting back into TNA when it was like Challenge or whatever TV, and um, seeing Matt Morgan and thinking, "Wow, wow, he's, he's a lot generic. better." No, he's not. He was <laughs> no. good then, I swear. Yeah, he was. He, everyone's got a generic wrestler that they actually like and think they should have gone further. Who's um, yours, Matt Morgan? Bobby Cannon. Bull. I agree with Bull Buchanan. Yeah, it's Bull was great, the, wasn't he? He was good the in the ring as well. WrestleMania yeah, 2000. Chuck Palumbo, I always thought, was all Ah, oh, right. no. Not in the biker taker rip-off gimmick. In Billy and Char? <laughs> I don't know where. In the, Maybe not. The, the perfect event in WCW with Stasia? Yeah. They got trapped in tanning beds once. Did they? Yeah. There was a weird tag teams in WCW around that time, because I remember some of the first tag teams I ever remember were Palumbo and Stasia and Jindrak and O'Hare. Mark Jindrak. Oh, hair was going to be my answer to that question. Uh, the underrated fellow who should have been further than he was. He had a lot of demons, didn't he? Sadly, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Murdoch as well was born on uh, this day in 1980. Great character. Who was it? Caden Murdoch. Yeah, well, I, I never really got it. I, I liked their gimmick. What a was lot. it? Because I was Texas young, Southern just... boy, <laughs> sort of biscuits and gravy, but not comically. In like the... just NWA style. We're gonna butter everyone. Yeah, so yeah, maybe sort of a revival-ish. Oh, sorry. Uh, maybe a sort of revival-ish thing. But they were pretty legit, hard-hitting sort of. He was the the Stan Hansen okay. of the of the pair, well, uh, but not as good. Uh, uh, it always baffled me how he made it to the top main roster back then because like his yeah, body doesn't didn't belong there then no not, no. To, be, not to be harsh it's just the way it was it out. good character ugly man <laughs> he was but no it played into his character it was really good he looks like the sort of bloke who would chew tobacco and kick your ass yeah that's a good thing I thought was, sorry that was so partridge somebody <laughs> somebody <laughs> send this man. to Trevor please <laughs> don't, please don't uh, September the 11th 1965 guess who ended this world the advocate Paul Heyman. Do the whole speech. No, go on. No. Go on. But Heyman, for me, is alongside Heenan, probably the best manager of all time. It's interesting. I went to an Inside the Rope show with Heyman, and he said that he, wa- he wants to be called an advocate because he wants to be the best at whatever he does. Oh, and he can't and if he's a manager, manager, he can't be the best manager because that's Bobby Heenan. Heyman's got a dangerous charisma, man. He's amazing. Like I went, I went to that one. Of the, I went to the, I think a different show on the same tour. Well, you do you go to the Glasgow one as well, and. In that room, if at the end of the show Heyman had gone, right, we're all going to storm the town hall and bloody take over, people would have done it because yeah. he's that sort of dangerous. He, like, had, he had the whole room believing that the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the street ending was a... What was it? It was a work. It was a work. Yeah, pinned him. Well, maybe Brock Lesnar held down The Undertaker and stuff. One bloke in the crowd's like, bollocks! And then gets, <laughs> gets chucked out. It's just like... <laughs> chucked out. Like, he kept going, kept mouthing off to Heyman like he was going to win a... Henry came in late to that show. I let him in and stuff. And he came over and stood next to me and he was like, what have I missed? And I was like, uh, Heyman just told everyone that the streak ending was a shoot. And Henry just said, what a worker. <laughs> <laughs> Heyman's great. I, I noticed a little thing the other day. I've been um, watching quite a lot of Brock Lesnar recently, uh, mainly for a big Hell in a Cell thing we're doing. But also I saw a few odds and ends of Brock Lesnar matches. And, and at the end of um, when he beats Goldberg at WrestleMania 33, uh, Heyman does something that I've noticed quite a few times whenever Lesnar wins. He doesn't go like, yes. He just goes one, two, three. Just gets in the ring. He's like, of course he's won with the F five. Of course he has. He's just attention to detail. Yeah, everything that he does is is great. Good. Yeah. Sell ice to Eskimos. Mm-hmm. 
Just he's, so charismatic. He's part of my favourite currently duo. Duo, personal favourite. Him and Jim Ross in the mm. Invasion. Yeah, I thought it was, it was brilliant. Mm. They until played he, off each other really nicely. Until he got yeah, carried out by his ankle. Yeah. Strange. Um, on September 12th, Road Warrior Animal. 1960. Who fell off his bike at all in. But did he fall off it? <laughs> I saw him turn up. He rocks up at the start. It's part of uh, being the elite, the, the most recent one as well, recording this, uh, to peel back the curtain. And he's just sat there at the bottom, revving his bike or whatever he's doing, and they're speaking to him down from the stage. And just hear, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and it's Cody turns around and goes, did you, did you get that on camera? <laughs> like, oh. yeah, and start laughing a little bit. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll be honest, right? I've never been a fan. I mean, I, I missed the heyday, but since looking back, I never really get, I don't get, LOD or the Road Warriors. Not really? Really, not really? It's big. just 80s pomp and. Won a lot. What else? They were really good. Well, not for me. I'm their more their like... backstage promos were brilliant. They were loud. I like Hawks. Just get your heart Well, yeah. <laughs> Tell them, Hawk. Yeah, they're just. I just think they're cool. Fair enough. Really Fair enough. cool. Uh, I like their hair. Their moveset, the Doomsday Device, is one of the best yes. tag yeah. finishers ever. Yeah. Without a doubt. Sometimes Dangerous a, as Sometimes, hell. yeah, you're like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I loved him. Heidenreich. Heidenreich. He was in oh, there. the third member Draws. of the Legion of Doom. And, yeah. Yeah. But mainly... Fantastic. Hawk and this man, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, <laughs> to, Animal. To Animal. Also, my favourite Muppet is Animal. Is that right? Yeah. Rolf. Ross? Uh, the, the drummer is mine. Animal. Yeah, it's animal, animal, yeah. I don't know my name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> September 13th, uh, Baron Corbin's birthday in 1984. Tall. Tall. Great heel. Genuinely I great see, so, heel. I think he's so good now. Yeah. I like him more now. I like his promos on just... He used to have the same Kane's very promo until he became the whatever, constable. constable. And acting GM at the time of recording. Although who knows what's happened in the weeks since. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Linda could be back. <laughs> taking over. Um, I like his move when he slips out the ring, quickly runs around the other side, goes back in, yep. around the corner. He's got a very pretty move set for a heel, honey. Yeah. So, oh, he's yeah, got, it's, he's it's got it's two class. Yeah. Deep Six. Deep Six is brilliant. Yeah, um, and End of Days is... Almost as brilliant. I prefer Deep Six, actually. Yeah, I prefer Deep Six as yeah. well. No, he's very good. Yeah, I'm glad that he's came into his own. Uh, September 15th, calm down, but holla, 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 player, player. In 947, guess whose birthday it was? Teddy Long. One of the funniest <laughs> men... <laughs> Unintentionally, maybe, but one of the funniest men in WWE history. Really good GM. Never did anything like especially groundbreaking. Just a really likable yeah. character. Made a lot of time. A meme match. machine, yeah. <laughs> Before memes were really a thing. Yeah. Um, guess who's a big fan in the office of Teddy Long? I guess Sam. Richard Tubman. Richard Tubman. Richard Tubman. Right. I remember when they announced the new general manager, and it was either when they announced Foley or Angle. Probably Angle. And Teddy Long accidentally came out first and thought it was him. Or was it when they were announcing uh, the SmackDown yeah, one? It was Angle, yeah. It was Angle. Yeah. On Raw. And Tubman, the next day I got in, I was like, do you see? And Tubman was like, that Teddy Long. I've never seen Tubman <laughs> so happy about something. He was like, he was like, it's just the fact that Vince is going, stop it, damn it. And Teddy's still just going. like. <laughs> Turned heel a bit once when uh, Taker, he screwed Taker. Is this when he was with uh, Oksana? Maybe. Sort of healy. Um, he was healed back in the day with Rodney Mack. Yes, he was. I forgot yeah. all about that. <laughs> Controversial. Bloody Rodney Mack. <laughs> and finally, also on this day, in 1954, Adrian Adonis was born. Um, an uh, underrated, potentially underutilised man, I guess, in the late 80s sort of WWF era. I remember hearing something about how he, um, he wasn't... People just genuinely didn't like him or something backstage, or they didn't like... I can't exactly remember what it was, but there was something about him that hindered his career. Oh, right. 
but it was just one of those things where he might have got heat for an unfair reason. Okay. And it always hindered him. Or maybe it was that the fans genuinely hated him. Oh, people really, really hate it. Especially in that time, any sort of flamboyant yeah. sort of... Um, you know, a lot of crowds, especially where they were running, would have been homophobic and they just yeah. d- detested the guy. Carrying on the tradition that dates back to like Gorgeous George, yep. Adrian Street, Adrian Adonis, which I, I, I suspect may have been named after Adrian Street, potentially. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think when you go back and watch, I think he was potentially a bit underrated in the ring. Um, not like the, not the, he wasn't Ricky Steamboat, but he was, you know, all right. Yep. And I think a fantastic heel and could have maybe been used a bit better. But back then, would they have used him in a sensitive way? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think they would. I think they got what they could out of him. They had big names beat him. He was in big matches. Yes, he, he was. Big, big, yeah. big feuds. Um, and he was a believable opponent to the guys that he was in the ring with. Yeah. He did, he did pick up wins. So, yeah. Was he in the wrestling classic? I seem to remember him being in the wrestling classic. Not sure. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, that's all of the birthdays. And that was this week in wrestling. Thank you very much for watching. I've been Jack from Cult of Holly, but don't f- don't fear because Jen will be back like when she's feeling better uh, next she- week. Or maybe she'll be back next maybe week. Maybe even the- yeah, right? Okay, hundred percent. You can't say that. Hundred thousand percent. Unless Pat Patterson takes her out again, <laughs> gets her a bit too drunk. I don't know that actually happened. I'm just making that up. Um, yeah. So I've been Jack. You can follow me on Twitter if you want. I Jack the Jobber. I've been a sweaty mess, at Adam Pachi, and I've been a sweaty mess called at Ross on Wrestling. Thank you once again, and never forget, of course, if you haven't already, to hit subscribe and to join us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 